thanks for joining us today for another message. We pray that God uses this message to really impact your life and your spiritual walk with Christ and reaching out to your community that God has placed you in. And if God has been using these messages from Evangel that you've been hearing, would you send us an email at info at etag.tv? Or if you've been watching this and been really blessed by it, you can help financially support this ministry by going to our website, etag.tv, and donating there. Now prepare your heart and get ready to hear another message from the Word of God. Please stand for the reading of the word. This is worship before God. This is a part of our worship. No worshiper ever entered the temple without worship on their lips and worship in their hands. And God says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even the whole nation. Therefore bring ye tithe into the storehouse, all the tithe, he says, that there may be meat in mine house. I want everybody that tithes and gives offerings, I want you to lift your hands and receive this blessing. More than 50% of our congregation tithe online or through text giving. And so if you're a giver, I want you to hold your hand up and receive this blessing, even though you may not have an offering in your hand right now. You've given this week and you've obeyed God. God says, hear ye the word of the Lord. I will open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke 
the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. When my wife and I, I want you to listen to this. We'll continue. We were shopping, and really she wasn't shopping for herself afterwards. I need to correct that. Amen. On a happy Father's Day. Amen. She was shopping for grandbabies. Amen. After that. But she had bought an article uh, shirt for me and my dad and put, she never does this, but put it in her purse. And uh, so we continued shopping and I walked away from she and the baby in the stroller and I was standing over and I noticed an individual standing over close to where she was shopping. And the Holy Spirit just prompted me to take careful note of what's happening. And so I looked and I watched the situation and I I knew something was not right and I walked over and uh, just began to stare at this individual and look at them and just about as close as Brad and I are and and so this individual walked off well I thought I had interrupted anything that possibly could have happened but we didn't realize that that individual had stolen those two articles out of my wife's purse and it was not till we got in the car and was headed home that we realized and the stores were already closed so the next morning I went to bed that night and we prayed and I, in my spirit, it rose up, all right? The devil's stolen something from me today. And in the name of Jesus, I command you to give it back. And it rose up in my spirit to collect interest on what had just happened for my trouble. And I said in my spirit, in the name of Jesus, devil, I command you to give that back with interest on top of it. Went right on to sleep, slept good, got up the next morning, waited till that store opened, called, got customer service on the line, explained what had happened. And they said, sir, I don't know why we're doing this. You come in, we're gonna restore those articles of clothing to you. We went to the place, I said, you don't have to do this. I said, I wanna see the video and I wanna identify the person so that you can stop this individual. And I, I, I don't need you to do that. And they said, no, we're supposed to do this. We want to do this for you. And then gave return two new articles and said, we're going to give you 25% on the top just for your trouble. And that was the interest that God added. I want to tell you, I believe the Lord let me experience that this weekend. I didn't say this in the early service. But I felt it for this service that I'm to release this anointing over you in this service that if the devil has stolen anything from you, I want you to take it back and I want you to demand interest be paid for the trouble. God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, and ye shall be a delightsome land. Father, we dedicate and consecrate the giving of this congregation, O Lord. We dedicate these offerings. We offer them up to you. This is a sacred act of worship that we do not take lightly. But with great fear and reverence in our hearts, we honor the Lord with our substance. And Lord, with our first fruits and with your tithe. And we sanctify this for the work of the ministry, for meat in the house of the Lord. And I lift my hands and bless our congregation, all of our congregation, and our online congregation. 
in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And everybody shout amen. Come on, let's remain standing and continue to worship the Lord. Come on, worship the Lord. Honor the Lord. Let every worshiper sing unto the Lord in worship. Divine, 
on, slip your hands up in worship. All over this house, watching right now. Come on, slip your hands up in worship. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. worshiper, I want you to just lift your voice up and praise right now. All across this room watching online, come on, lift your voice up. Wherever you are, just lift your voice up and worship the Lord. Jesus said, I'm looking for people that will worship me in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Lord. Come on, lift up your voice in worship to the Lord. Lift up your voice. God is magnified among His people. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We magnify the name of Everyone, join in. Sing it with us. the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 2 verse 40 Acts chapter 2 verse 40 thank you worship team and God bless you choir everyone looking into the scriptures God's presence is here you can go a lot of places on Father's Day but God bless you dads and God bless you families for being in the house of God you have done what is best you can always do good things but listen to me there's things that are best, and that's what you want to seek out, and being in the presence of God. And God is about to honor His Word being preached, and there will be signs that will confirm the Word of God being preached today. From Acts chapter 2, verse 40, I am preaching a series on revival. Both services this morning, again tonight at 6 o'clock, part 2 of this message,
I want you to be back. We've got a special guest children's evangelist. They're going to have Holy Ghost revival for the kids tonight. But I'm going to preach part two, and you don't want to miss what God's given me for this Father's Day. But chapter 2, verse 40, we'll pick up where we left off last week. In chapter 2, verse 40, Peter is preaching, and he says, With many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now go to chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Sometimes if you will align yourself with patterns that you see in the Word, miracles will happen. There was an hour of prayer that was honored, and when Peter and John went to the temple at that hour of prayer, you can come to the temple this week, Evangel Temple, amen, at the hour of prayer. But if you get in alignment with what God reveals when he's doing it, that's always a good posture and good place to be in because Peter goes at the hour of prayer and a lame man gets healed. There's a scriptural principle here about alignment, spiritual alignment with the revelation of God in his word and uh, times and seasons and things that he's doing. There are places that God does not show up and God does not honor. And then there are places where God does show up and God does honor. Amen. And God bless us. You may be seated. Please keep your Bibles open. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And we looked at where all of this began. And very quickly, I want to give you a brief synopsis that, that the Feast of Pentecost began with the Feast of Shavuot. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt... That was the first Passover. Fifty days later, they meet God at Mount Sinai, and God reveals the word to them. The commandments are given to them. And so the Jews keep that feast of the Passover, and they keep the feast of Shavuot, recognizing the giving of the law down through the centuries. Jesus is ascending. Forty days after his own Passover, his own resurrection, the great Passover, and he tells them to tarry in Jerusalem for 10 more days. And it would be, they would be tearing right up till the feast day when the Ju Jerusalem would be filled with all these people coming uh, to Jerusalem because it was a commandment on the feast of Shavuot. Every male in Israel had to go to the temple. That was a commandment. You didn't disobey that. You went to the temple. Every male, three times a year, were required temple attendance. Everybody say temple attendance. The Feast of Shavuot was one time of one of those three. And so every male is present in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is filled, and Jesus tells them to tarry for ten days because something significant was going to happen on that feast day. And what happens is the Holy Spirit is poured out. And so Shavuot becomes Pentecost. And what you have spiritually happening is you have the breath of God, the Spirit of God, breathing life into the commandments or the Word of God, and every male is present so that men, there's a beautiful spiritual principle here is we need the word of God in our life and we need the spirit of God in our life. And when the spirit and the word come together on a man's life, a dad's life, a father's life, I want to tell you there is an equipping that you don't naturally have. Hallelujah. And so that's where we left off and Peter's up testifying. And he gets up and he, he says, men and brethren, save yourselves from this untoward generation. That word began to 
uh, get down in my spirit and so I begin to do a word study on the word untoward and I just dropped a nugget or two last week uh, of, the, of, of what that word means and what it means is an unruly generation. A generation unwilling to be submissive and because of their rebellion they've become bent and they've become crook, crooked. Uh, Peter says you've got to physically do something, spiritually do something. Save yourself from an unruly generation. If there's ever been an hour in the history of mankind when there's more rebellion and more unsubmissiveness to authority, it's in the hour in which we live. If you diagnose the generation, uh, the world around us, friends, we realize this is an unwilling generation to be submissive to authority over them. And that is a rebellion that Satan has sown into the hearts and the lives of this generation. That is a lie out of the pit of hell. Because when you cannot be submissive in the body of Christ and to the spiritual authorities over you, you are removing yourself from under the spiritual covering and the hedge that God has for you. I'm going to come down and say amen to myself in just a minute. The root sin in heaven was rebellion. Lucifer rebelled against God because he wanted God's seat. He rebels against God, and because of that rebellion, he leads one-third of the angels. Now, you think about this and think this through. How could angels in the presence of God, we just enjoying the presence of God here, how can you be an angel in the courtroom of heaven and be a part of one-third of the group that rebel with Lucifer? God could not allow rebellion in heaven, so he cast Lucifer down, and he cast those angels down. And as we know, they became demonic spirits that harassed mankind with the very root cause of what was going on in heaven. If it can happen in heaven, friends, don't think it's strange that we see a generation that has become untoward. Because the father of rebellion in the last days is sowing rebellion in so many different things that we see in our world around us. And buyer beware. Save yourselves, Peter says. Dad, this is a good word. On Sunday, Father's Day, save yourselves from an unwilling, an unruly, an unsubmissive generation that is around us. There are spiritual lines of authority that provide a covering in the kingdom of God, authority is very important. And spiritual lines of authority are very important. You become an open prey to the enemy when you remove yourself from out under that spiritual covering and that spiritual authority. Paul says to recognize and to honor those that bear the sword in civil authority. Because they bear the sword not in vain, but they're to help us to lead a quiet and peaceable life. Everybody say, thank God for our first responders, our firemen, our police, every one of these. And we pray over them. That is a civil authority that we are to, we're to be submitted to. I'm preaching real good and it's getting a little quiet in here. In the body of Christ, there are spiritual lines of authority. And God has set up pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets for the work of the ministry. But only one of those five giftings are overseers to the church. And that's the shepherd of the church, the pastor. And pastors are accountable to God to be under shepherds over the flock of God. 
We have spiritual leaders in this fellowship and I want them honored. Pastors on staff would not be on staff if they were not trustworthy, if they were not men and women of integrity. Somebody say an amen. And they provide a spiritual covering over this fellowship and we are to be submissive in the body of Christ. Our church is a part of the assemblies of God and we're a submissive congregation in that body of believers. I did a little study this week that any one of you can follow up on and do. But if you look at the world's population today, there are estimated 6.7 billion people in the world today. It is estimated that one-third, roughly one-third, 2.2 billion, name the name of Christ. And that encompasses every group of any sort, fashion. But 2.2 billion, one-third, name the name of Christ. Of the 2.2 billion, 1 billion, 1 billion of those, 1.2 billion, I'm sorry, 1.2 billion, a little over half, are Roman Catholic. So Catholicism encompasses 1.2 billion of the 2.2 billion, those that name the name of Christ. That leaves 1 billion of all denominational backgrounds. 50% or 500 million are Pentecostals. One half of every Christian in the world who is not Catholic is a Pentecostal. That shows you what is happening in these last days, that God is blowing the wind of His Spirit. He said in the last days there would be a visitation upon mankind. And He said, flesh will prophesy. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And I will pour out of my Spirit upon my handmaidens. 500 million, the largest entity by far in that 500 million is the assemblies of God. We're six times larger than any other group that even comes close to us. Six times larger. And so God has allowed the church, the assemblies of God, to be a leader in these last days. And we are very much submissive to the lines of authority and the spiritual covering that is over us. As a church, we are submissive. As a pastor, I am su submissive to my spiritual leadership. And there must be submission in the body of Christ and in the local church and in the homes and families. Save yourself from this unsubmissive, rebellious generation, Peter declares. Now watch this. In the word, we're commanded to honor and to obey. The Bible says, honor your parents. And right now, I want you to honor your parents by giving a clap offering of thanks. We honor them. Not every, and I had discourse with an individual this week that didn't have come from a good home or a good background, but I want to tell you, honor the authority that was there. Don't root rebellion in your family because when it takes time for rebellion to manifest, but when it manifests, it could be the second or third generation. The Bible says it can actually come out five generations later. But there is a spiritual principle here about honoring and obeying. We are to be submissive to civil authority. Wives, obey your husbands. I didn't write that. God wrote that. Children, obey your parents. I'm talking about lines of authority. I saw one brother lean over to his wife and said, say amen to the preacher. Amen. 
The scripture says, obey them that have rule over you. Your covering is important. Revival, listen to me, and I want you to write this down. This is a good quote from your pastor. Revival will never usurp the lines of spiritual authority, but it becomes your covering for the move of God. Point number one this morning, a miracle in your hand. We're going to take a little turn with this right now. Peter and John go up to the temple in chapter 3, verse 1. Two men, one we know that uh, was a, a fisherman, one that had a good industry. If you study Peter's life, you know that uh, he was a good businessman. And they go to the temple at the hour of prayer. This week we are designating some hours that align ourselves with scriptural hours. Just for this week. And uh, we've got a few more added in there, but we're going to pray at 5 o'clock today. I want everybody to write these times down. It's very important. Tomorrow morning at 5.30 a.m. we'll pray. But Monday through Thursday of this week, we're going to have a 9 a.m. prayer, a noon prayer, and a 3 p.m. prayer. Those were the three times that the Jews honored, and it was the 3 p.m. prayer that Peter and John go to the temple. They went to the temple. It is estimated by Josephus that from anywhere in Jerusalem, it would be a 30-minute walk to get to the temple minimum. And so Peter and John lay aside some what was good going on in their life for what was best, and they made their way to the temple at 3 in the afternoon. Uh, from 30-minute walk, it's a 30-minute drive uh, from most any point in this city to the temple. Amen. So I want everyone to try to make one of those appointments Monday through Thursday if you can possibly do that. I'm offering an evening prayer tomorrow night at 7 for those that absolutely can't, but you need to make an appointment. Daniel prayed three times a day, and when he got thrown in the lion's den, the lion didn't take a bite. Amen. God gave him protection, divine protection. There is something, we're going to align with what Peter and John did and, and what the Jews did as far as a prayer time this one week, and I'm asking every person in this room to fast tomorrow. If you can join me at a full fast all day or a partial fast, whatever you can do, how many will do some form of fast tomorrow, some form of fast? I want you to raise your hand. God's going to do something this week as we align ourselves with prayer. But Peter and John go to the temple, the third hour of, or the ninth hour of prayer. And they go to the temple on this hour of prayer and they encounter a man who's been, he's been lame since his mother's womb. He was seated at the gate, beautiful. This gate is, was 32 feet high by 64 feet wide. It was made of solid brass. They said it, it was called the beautiful gate because it was so ornate, made out of brass. It was so beautiful to look at. He positioned himself there every day. He was lame from his mother's womb. Watch this now. Peter and John are going to the hour of prayer. They didn't have gold or money they could give him. Sometimes what people need is not a handout. They need a hand up. Some of the worst things you can do for some people is continue to fund them in, in what they're doing or not doing. And what Peter and John, they fastened their eyes on him. He was seated there. Number one, he was allowed to be seated there because he had credentials to ask alms. It was very much a part of this history and this historic setting uh, that for a person to be a beggar, they had to have credentials. And sometimes it took the shape of having a cloak so that the one man that Jesus gave the illustration of when he got healed, he took his cloak off because no longer did he need to beg. 
He no longer needed to ask alms, and he threw away the right to ask alms. Their story was always verified and checked out. This man was seated at the gate, beautiful, and Peter looks at him. Here, here's two men going to a prayer meeting. Two Holy Ghost men. How do I know they were Holy Ghost? They had come out of the upper room. And Peter had been preaching on the day of Pentecost about the outpouring of the Spirit. And they fastened their eyes on this lame man, and they extended their hand towards him. He fastened his eyes. I want to tell you, church, what we need to do is take our hands out of our pocket and begin to reach out to people who are down and out. There are people that sin has captivated their life. Things and pressures of life have caused them to take a wrong turn. And they may be seated in the wrong place uh, today, but they need some people that are full of the Spirit. They need some dads that are full of the Holy Ghost to head towards a prayer meeting and with the fullness of the Spirit extend a hand down in their misery and in their time of affliction he fastened his eyes upon them and he extended his hand towards him and that man looked up and fast it's all here in the text fastened his eyes upon Peter and John and silver and gold we don't have but what we have in the name of Jesus he says to this man arise I'm here on this Sunday morning to talk to some men that maybe you haven't been perfect. Father, you have not been perfect all of your years, but there comes a time that you need to arise. You need to get up out of, of the problems of the past, the condemnation of your failures, and you need to get up and you need to arise. You need to take the hand of a brother that's being reached out to you and realize there's people that care for you and they want to lift you up and they want to strengthen you. He says to this man, arise. It also reminds us that there's a lot of men out there that need a brother. They need a mentor. They need a person that... Uh, we go into this thing and life doesn't always teach men how to do things just the right way. And they didn't, maybe they didn't have a Christian upbringing. And they need a friend that can, can be there to lift them up and to strengthen them and to be a part of their life. And he says, arise. And that man gets up. That man gets up and he becomes a testimony. That man begins to be able to walk and leap and praise God. I'm telling you, there's some men that if we'll take time, there's some dads that if we'll take time to invest and to sow in their life. I want to introduce you to one of our deacons right quick. And I want Brother Lonnie McDaniels because here's a man. Men took time to invest in his life and speak into his life. And I want you to quickly hear his story. grew up in a home with two brothers um, an older sister that we adopted when she was at the age of 13. Both my parents worked hard to provide for us. Um, my dad worked 25 years without ever, ever missing a day of work. Um, my mom worked 38 years at the same company, working 70, 80 hours a week. For the most part, we stayed home by ourselves. Mom worked every Christmas and every Thanksgiving. Um, when we got home from school, our instructions were to be home when the streetlights came on, which was also dinner time. At dinner time, we didn't sit at the table. We didn't talk. We didn't, we watched whatever dad was watching on TV because it was his house and his TV. If you happened to get in the way of the TV, he'd give you a little warning. He'd do something like this. He'd say, it wasn't much. If you didn't get out of the way, a boot would come flying at your head. Luckily for us, he was not a very good shot. 
Then it was bedtime. No one tucked us in. No one said a prayer with us. It was good night, and if you come out of that room, I'll tear your tails up. My dad was an alcoholic. He drank every day from the time I was seven till he was put in the hospital and eventually died there in 1999. He literally drank himself to death. Lonnie, that's your background, but today you stand here before this congregation and you're happily married for how many years? Going on 20. 20 years of marriage and you have four children. Come on, let's applaud that, amen. <laughs> Sir, you don't have to stay down. He found the church and he found Christ. How many children do you have? Four. What are their names and their ages? Rebecca, 17, Rachel, 13, Hannah, 10, and Lydia, 4. So you have four daughters and a wife. So you live in a house with five women. Amen. Amen. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> I know better than say anything. Amen. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> what part does the Lord play in your home and family? Well, for our home, um, our home is a place of God's spirit. Um, I was thinking this morning and, uh, about how devotions take place in our home and, and how God interacts in our home. And the scripture, Deuteronomy 6, 4, come to my mind, actually starting in verse 7. It says, you shall teach your children diligently, and you shall talk with them as you sit in the house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, and you shall bind them as a sign in your hand, they shall be as frontlets upon your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. And I was thinking about our home, and there's our home is a, is a, a place of worship. Our home is a place of um, dedication to the Lord. There's never a time when the Spirit of God is not there. There's never a time when we are not talking about the things of God. Every opportunity that arises with our children is an opportunity to share Christ. And in our home and in our family and when we're going down the street, and you can ask my girls, we are constantly applying God's word to our life. Amen. Amen. That is a wonderful principle. Amen. <laughs> Apply the word of God to daily living. Are your children growing up, are they involved in sports and other curricular, secular type activities? Yes, sir. They play soccer. Um, they do community um, outreach. In our town of Callahan, they actually do what they call theater there. And um, they're able to take part in, in various activities outside of church. Here's a man that did not have the modeling in his life growing up, but has turned that around in the family that God has given to him. And his daughter was up here as part of the worship team a while ago, the 17-year-old, worshiping God. Now she's training to be a worship leader. And so he's taken all that... Life gave to him as a man growing up and his experiences, but turned that around to train his children in the ways of God and to use the word of God as a scriptural basis. We love you, brother. And as I spoke over you, I bless you in Jesus' name. He showed me a picture yesterday of his dad holding him. His dad didn't even have his arms wrapped around him. He said there was never any love, never, I love you, never heard that. I want to tell you, dads, it's a good opportunity. Tell your children how much you love them. To invest in their life. To put your hands on them. Every child, and I, I told my Sunday school class this, every child that comes into my life, I try to put my hands on and I bless. 
beyond my natural family. Because you see, there, there were men in the early service and there were men in this service that you don't have natural children, but you have spiritual children. And we're to bless them and speak into their life. My father, I thank God for him because um, even though he didn't show me the love that, that I probably needed as a child, he forced me to make a decision in my life that I would never be that way with my family. I would never treat my wife that way. I would never treat my kids that way. That I would always be for them, for them at every activity, at everything that they did, no matter what it took. And um, I've never regretted that, and I never will. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for what he's done in Lonnie and Kim's home. I want everybody to stand, our worship team to come back. Please don't leave, because I want to show you something from this passage. Now tonight we're going to continue with part two in this revival service. And God's given me something very special for the service tonight. And I want you back for the revival service. We'll pray at five and the service begins at six. But it says this man in chapter three, and he, leaping up, stood, walked, entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Men, when we offer to other dads and to other men our hand and our input, that's what Keith's doing through Dads for Life, is mentoring dads. But when we offer ourselves in mentorship and speaking into other men's lives, they may have grown up and not had the training and not had the home life that you have. They need somebody to spend time with them, to embrace them. And I try to be a dad to every man Try to be a spiritual father to everyone with God's help. And to be a dad to those that need a dad, need a role model in their life. But this man gets up and it says immediately. And I believe that God's going to give some immediately. It's going to take place. This man, immediately his ankles, his feet were made strong. He had been, he had been coming to the altar. Come on. You don't have to wait till I give the altar call. If the Holy Ghost is tugging at your heart, you come right now. Come on. From all over this room, if you need to be at this altar, you be at this altar right now. This man gets up because Peter and John dared go to the temple at the hour of prayer, do what was best, not what was good, and they extended their hand to him. They lifted him up and God did the miracle. We can't do the miracle, but God's going to do the miracle. We just got to extend our hand what we can do. And we got to pick some, pick some men, pick some boys up. Amen. Speak into their life. Mentor them. Invest in their life. But this man became a part of an elite group that were thankful for the grace and the work of Jesus Christ. Because my Bible says he began to walk and he began to leap and he began to praise God. You see, there's some people that just can't be quiet because of what God's done in their life. There's some people that just have to testify that the Lord has lifted them up out of the miry clay. They can't stay still any longer. They're not happy with being a part of the first church of the dead. They've got to walk. They've got to leap. They've got to run. They've got to shout in their life because somebody reached down and introduced them to Jesus. Listen to me, church. There is a, 
unto her generation outside the doors of this sanctuary. We've got it on the signs when you drive out of the parking lot, you're entering the mission field. There is a rebellious generation that needs Peter and John, needs men and women of the faith that will stretch forth your hand and give them a commandment to arise. You've been down too long. The devil has done his work in your life too long. And you need to arise and run to your father's house. You need to arise out of the miry clay of rebellion and sin and come to Jesus. I'm going to say this in closing. It says, all the people of Jerusalem saw him walking and praising God. It set the format and the foundation. The people gathered together. They knew this lame man. There's some men out there that when they get, get saved and when God radically changes them, it's going to become the foundation for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost in different arenas of this city. But they're waiting on a man to lift him up, point him to Jesus. And that man is walking and he's praising God. And the multitude come running to the temple. They see him walking through the streets. He's still praising. Some of you, you've lost your praise. Listen to me on Father's Day. Some of you, the devil has stolen your praise and God has done so much wonderful and good things in your life over the years and you have been highly blessed of the Lord and the devil has stolen your praise. No wonder no one's gathering when you stand to testify. That man was still appreciative that his feet had been made strong by the Lord's work in his life and he was walking and he was praising God. On this Father's Day, let every dad walk and praise God and the multitude gathered together to hear Peter's second sermon I want every dad in this room I want you to make your way to this altar right now every dad in this room every dad in this room with your mistakes with your shortcomings there's not a man in this room that hasn't failed God at some time Throw off the rebellion. Throw off the unsubmissive attitude. Submit yourselves unto the Lord and see the hand of God rest upon your life. Come on, every dad, every, every father, I want you to make your way. Now, I want every man to come. Every man. Every male, I want you to come to this altar right now. Jennifer, lead us in a course one time through. Jennifer. up men slip your hands up men ladies slip your hands up and worship the Lord sow this in your children sow this in your children let them see this in your life this will be good in your children your grandchildren
you to turn and look at a man. I want you to fasten your eyes, and I just want you to shake his hand. Don't hold his hand. Shake his hand. Fasten on him with your eyes and shake his hand. That's what Peter did. That's what John did. They just fastened their eyes on him, and they gave him a hand up. They just shook his hand. But something happens when Holy Ghost-filled men employ their hands and make their hands available. God can anoint your hands to touch men, to touch women, to touch boys and girls. Something's going to happen tonight. But God wanted His Word to be preached this morning. Because the foundation for every true revival and every sustainable revival is the Word of God. And when you put that with lines of spiritual authority, God is going to do something this Father's Day. I want everyone in this room, I want you to raise your hands and I want you to submit yourself afresh and anew to the Lordship of Jesus. Submit yourself unto the Lord. Submit yourself unto the Lord. Wow. Wow. Submit yourself unto the Lord. His Lordship. Every man, every dad, every male, I want you to lift your hands. Ladies, I want you to raise your hands over them. Amen. Come on, you're raising your hands over them. Father, I bless these men in Jesus' name. 
Heavenly Father, our Father, which art in heaven, you're our covering, Father. I thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And as men, we submit ourselves to the Lordship of Christ. God, as a spiritual leader and as pastor, I bless these men today. I pray for the protection of heaven to be upon them. I pray that the guardian angels of God will encamp round about them and to watch over them and to watch over everything that concerns their life. I claim the authority of the blood of Jesus. Come on, every man, apply the blood right now. Say, I claim the blood. Father, I pray that your hand will be mightily upon each home and each family of these men, that unsaved loved ones, family members that are distant to the household of faith, God will arise and come and run to an embrace of these men to welcome them back to Christ and welcome them back to the things of God and the kingdom of God. And Lord, I bless these men to be prosperous in their business and to always honor the Lord with the first fruits. I bless these men to be highly favored of the Lord as they go out. And Lord, I bless these men to walk full of the Holy Ghost with what Peter and John had for their daily life. God, let these men be filled with the Spirit of God. You said the Holy Spirit would not just be with us, but would be in us. And He would teach us all things and bring to remembrance everything that would be needed. And I bless these men on Father's Day that God, the lines of authority will be over them and then through them to their posterity, to their heritage, and that their children and their children's children will rise up and bless them in Jesus' name. Now, I want every man, I want you to lift up a shout to the Lord right now. Come on. Come on, men. Lift up a shout to the Lord. Lift up a shout to the Lord. Amen. God is our strength. God is our help. God is our refuge. God is our mighty help in this hour of need and hallelujah hallelujah happy father's day man i want you back tonight for the revival service god's given me something for tonight and wednesday night we're going to take a little departure from what we're doing and i'm going to preach a revival service this wednesday night god bless you shake hands love one another we love each one of you amen